pain There's a time I always feel happy As happy as a king Hello and welcome to the latest Red Robin podcast weekly, which is powered by 360 Chartered Accountants and Budget Ties Auto Centre. This week, Dan Craft joins me to review our defeat to the Lee Leopards. We discuss injuries to Kane Lynette and Jordan Abdul and Sean Kenny Dowell's four-game ban. We'll also look ahead to Wire on Friday night and bring you all the latest squad news, plus Dennis Waywell from the Warrington Wolves podcast, what Brian Bevan said joins us later on to give us an opposition view. He'll also talk to us about Tackle Bags, which is a new vlog, uh, what he's doing. And he's actually coming to Craven Park on Friday night. It's sure to be very entertaining. Dan, uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, two two victories into the season. Everything's looking rosy, isn't it? When we, uh, when we uh, People who were at Salford on, on the Thursday night, people watching it on TV will have been absolutely cock hoop. Seasons bouncing, blah, blah, blah. You fast forward to where we are now and it's a little bit of doom and gloom, isn't it? But there's still reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, of course. It's, it's one of them, isn't it? Where the bubble was always going to burst at some point. We weren't going to come beating all season, were we? It's just a shame that it's a game that really we should be winning, isn't it? I think the disappointing aspect from my point of view with that game was we just went back to, I don't like to talk about him, the Tony Smith way. We were panicking. was was winning most of the game and we're, we're panicking. We're throwing offloads that we don't need to do. We're trying to score off every play. We, what we did so well against Wigan is we, and I know you don't like the term, John, but we managed the game. We, did, we, we were winning and we were running in five tackles and just drilling the ball into touch. And we just couldn't seem to do that. We couldn't seem to complete a set. Whereas what they, in fairness to Lee, they they did that. They just did the basics, right? And it paid off in the end for them. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the scoring as well, I mean, two minutes it was 6-0, 10 minutes it was 6-6, 13 minutes 12-6, and 22 minutes 12-12, 36 minutes 18-12. And then at half time, you know, 19-12, John Abdul slots the uh, drop goal over. And you're thinking, you know what, we're going to kick on from here because that's what we've done in the previous two games. We've got to half time. We haven't looked great in the first half, but what we've done is been solid. And then we've kicked on in the second half. And for me, what's a really telling factor is, and, and you know, we're only three games in, but the, the, the previous two games, we'd been the team to score in the first 10 minutes after the second half. This time it was Lee who scored, and it was them who went on to get the victory. And, you know, does that mean much? I don't know. But, you know, when you look at it, I think getting that first try straight after half-time is, is really crucial at the moment. It's something we've been guilty of in, pre- in previous seasons, isn't it? We're coming out after half-time and still been in the sheds for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Getting blown away. And I don't want to do Lee a disservice because at the end of the day, they were the better team on the night, weren't they? But against teams like Lee, you can't be doing that. It's... They're a team we're seven points up after half time. We want to be coming out and basically blowing them away, finishing the job. So the Reds drop, they're going to score, and they're 
straight away they're thinking, right, we could do these tonight. These are there for the taking. And obviously we were. Yeah, um, yeah I think was talking to guys I go with in the East and was talking when when we scored our first try, then the league, league responded and said, we can't get into a game of we score, they score because it'll only build their confidence. We needed to get into them and blow them away early. And we just didn't do it. And yeah, it was just a complete contrast, wasn't it, to Salford and Wigan? Well, anyone who listened to the uh, the last podcast with Derek Bowman on, I think he's absolutely done us over because he he was uh, all wore me. <laughs> to be fair, I've, I've sent a few messages to him and he, he's responded afterwards. Um, and he, he's absolutely cock hoop. He didn't expect that that performance. He didn't expect um, to see the boys do what they did. But I think what ultimately it comes down to, and it's been really interesting, Dan, listening to Willie Peters' press conference going into the, the, the Warrington game, is that he doesn't really look at the opposition so, as much as Lee were good, I think the result against Lee was our own downfall. It was us doing really stupid things at stupid times of the game. And and what we saw as well is Willie Peters, uh, a little bit of roof, uh, ruthlessness. That uh, offload from Lytton in the second half, he got hooked pretty much straight after after doing that. And, and that was a real game changer as well. And we don't like pointing fingers, Dan, but... The two games previous, Matty Parcell was a starting hooker. The game against Lee, Jez Litton was a starting hooker. And Jez Litton was not at the races for that game. As good as he is, and I absolutely love him, I think he's a future England international, he was not at the races at that game for me. No, I think Willie Peters has given him his chance there, and he's sort of seen that mm. it's an opposition we should be beating. He's, like you say, he's a great player. <laughs> I think it's difficult to single out a player in that game. I don't think anybody really can put their hand up. Maybe the exception, I, I thought Sam Luckley did excellent again. Whoa, 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 Dan. Well, Jordan Abdul, man of steel points, three, three points. He's, he's the only player in Super League to get the perfect record at the moment. Well, fair play to him. I think he had, he had a good game, didn't he? But I do, Well, I think, I, I tell you who had a good game, Lamb. I think he was he, he was head and shoulders. Us, didn't he? Um, and the fact he didn't get any points whatsoever was startling. Um, but yeah, John yeah. Abdul, three points, man of steel. But like you said, there weren't many people who can come out that game with, with the heads held high. No, going back to what you said about the ruthlessness, I think that's good. It, we need it. Um, mm. Listen to another podcast earlier in the season because they had Matty starting on it. was uh, the full 80 minutes. I don't know if you listened to it before. No, I didn't, didn't realise there was in... any other ones out there. No, well, <laughs> not, not as good as this, obviously. But... Um, but Matty Stoughton was on it and they was asking him about Willie Peters and how he's coaching methods. And he kept referring to the same way. He said, grind, grind. That's all we want to do, grind. And it was, he said it was, it took some getting used to because he's all about fitness and just keeping structure, but carrying on going, carrying on going. And just, I, you've seen that in the previous two games. And we just didn't seem to have the structure that he kept referring to in that game. And, I think that's why Reese Kennedy as well, he got hooked, didn't they? He was just make, yeah. making some really silly errors. And I think the final straw for him was when he mouthed off. Fair enough, he knocked on or it was stripped, whatever. It's gone well, on. It's re real funny, Dan, because Mark Brady, who watches on YouTube, he said he's asked us to give a, a shout out to Lee Popplewell. He, he listens all the week. He's asked why he's not got a shout out. Well, there you go, Lee. But he said 
Can you have a look at the ref's decision to give a knock-on from Kennedy with two minutes to go? I was in front of it and it wasn't a knock-on, hence the reason he was mad, obviously mouthed off and gave a penalty away. Um, I don't know. I, it, looked, it looks a bit of a knock-on, but I suppose in the game, you don't have to give the referee a lot of... Uh, a lot dear to, to for him to make a decision. No, I, I don't like to criticise the referee. Try and blame the referee for a loss. It's he, he don't he don't miss the tackles. He don't shoot out the line. Um, he bless him. I hope he's recovered from his stiff neck though, because he didn't, didn't do very well looking down, looking up and down the line for offsides. He didn't seem <laughs> to be bothered, did he? But yeah, I mean, you just got to control yourself. I know it's. Heat at the moment, but Reese Kennedy really seasoned professionally should know better than gobbing off at that point. Just because he's at the end of the day, he's lost us 20 30 meters there. When really, we could have been defending the set from uh, from that you know, they could be attacking all the way from their own try line, which is a bit more defensible, isn't it? Than giving them a bit more open field to play with, yeah. And that and that comes back to that ruthless, uh, ruthlessness, doesn't it? You know, yeah. key moments of the game. When all you've got to do is un- keep hold of the ball. You don't need to offload. You don't need to just keep hold of the ball. And and unfortunately, against Lee, Rovers were were, were left wanting. And um, it's funny, though, because if you look at um, one of the things that Peter said, especially going into the, the Warrington game, is defence needs to be better. So we've got uh, Rovers made 27 missed tackles. Lytton, six missed tackles. Mikey Lewis, five missed tackles. Um, as a comparison, Lee actually missed more tackles. They made 30. Um, and then on the error count, 10 errors from Rovers, but 10 errors from Lee as well. Um, but I do think there's something in rugby league where it's about doing things at the, the most important time. And what Lee did was keep themselves in the game for as long as possible. And when they got the chance, they executed it. I mean, devastatingly to, to Rovers' effect, but they executed it perfectly. And Josh Charlie don't need a, a a second chance, does he? And uh, you know when you give him giving the ball that close to the line, and I know some Rovers fans were saying, "Well, he didn't get it over," blah blah blah. But it looked to try to me, and you just don't need to give players like that a sniff of a, a sniff of a chance. No, um, the fans said he, he, he didn't get it down. It was in touch. Whatever. It's if if Rovers had scored a try, and it was. Similar to that, and the referee didn't give it. If you didn't have a, the benefit of a video ref, you're gonna, you'd be, you'd be fuming if you weren't awarded. Um, but interesting, you say about the missed tackles. The, I don't think the stats really reflect. You look at when they kept going down um, Opercheck and Ethan Ryan's side, they were having so much joy. That's why they kept going, and it was infuriating. The last, last play of the game, you knew exactly where the ball was going to go. And for me, that was just everybody in the ground could see it, where the ball was going to go. And surely they should have numbered up on that side or pushed over to that side. Ethan Ryan, and not singling him out again, it's, 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 it's just infuriating watching him shoot out the line. It's almost like he doesn't trust Tom Opercheck, who's arguably one of the best defenders in the league at the minute. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, but think... to be fair, Dan, he's not the only one because if you watch our previous games back, yes, Ethan Ryan is being highlighted. Um, and and you know, we're gonna come on to the squad for, for wire, yeah. and it's maybe one of the reasons being hooked. Ryan Hall, he's he's coming in 
so far from his left wing. And whether it's a, a tactic of Peters where he really wants condensers into the middle of the pitch. But I've noticed a few times, and if you look at all the lead tries, what they scored almost, it is because we come so compact in that all it took was a few balls out to the to the wing, and then they were in. And even on the uh, scrum plays, they had the overlap, and it was almost like basic, like, you know, if you've got six players on your on your left and you've got five defenders, well, it's not... It's obvious, yeah. isn't it? You know, you've got an overlap, so you, you've got to do something special to stop him. And, and maybe it is a feature of Willie Peters where he likes us to defend really strong in the middle. He's made a feature of it about he wants us to be really strong attacking-wise down the middle. He wants us to be really strong in the middle. But maybe part of the tactic is as well is that he wants his, his wingers, centres to tuck right in to try and really condense the pitch. But if you get that wrong, and we've seen it now, a team only got to get wise to that. They swing the ball out, and all of a sudden they've got acres of space to run into, and it's resulting in tries at the moment. hundred percent. It's it's one of the things that if you if it's something that is drilling into the players, we don't we don't know that, do we? We're just sort of presuming because it's not something that was in our game last year. But if like you say, teams get wise to it, all it takes is somebody that could throw a pass. Remember, like Paul Cook used to throw, love throwing them passes, the cutout ball right over the top. Just all it takes is somebody like that. They're going to terrorise us all game if we stick to that. Um, so it's, it's it's something that all it takes is one mistake and it's a try. The wingers away. It's putting more pressure on your fullback, isn't it? Yeah, and let's not forget as well. I mean, especially Ethan Ryan, he got a lot of praise last season for his defence. Yeah. Um, and more often than not, when he did rush in, he got the tackle right. He, he you know he did a couple of famous tackles last season where he where he ran in and absolutely nailed the player. And I suppose, you know, top-level sport, elite sport, the fine margins, you know, you only have to be a few millimetres a, a second out. And, you know, what looks... One, one day is a brilliant tackle, the next day you've missed him and, and you know, the score a try. So it is them fine margins. Um, to be to be fair as well, highlighted Jez Litton's missed tackles. It was second in the tackle count of 25. Bachelor once again... Topped the tackle count with 38. Um, James Bachelor, he's he's showing us, isn't he, Dan? He's he's the player we all expected him to be, and um, you know he's very much um, looking like a player that we need to keep hold of for a long time. Well, it was an excellent find, wasn't it? I mean, we're lucky to have him. I think from from what was what's been said, I think even Michael Carter, Wakefield chairman, he he commented on somebody on Facebook, didn't he? he said. We just couldn't. He just wanted a new challenge. We offered him a good deal, and he wanted a new challenge. And he's obviously Willie Peters has sold him, sold him the dream, and he? so fair play to him on that. He's, he's, you can see when when you sign a, a player, it's quite good to go on the opposition's Twitter page or Facebook and see what everybody's saying. And if people are saying, "Oh yeah, good riddance," then you think, oh, "Right, what we got here then?" But with with Bachelor, everybody's all, all the Wakefield fans. Jesus, how have we let him go? And how has he gone to Hulkingston Rovers and not a St. Helens of the world? I think that's telling. And he's, he's demonstrating that, isn't he? He's just, he's consistent. And he's consistently a performer, isn't he? Yeah, he definitely is. Another player who's taking his chance at the moment, Danny, is Sam Luckley. I mean, he led the way with uh, five offloads. Um, and he's someone who's really making an impact when he comes on. We saw the offload where it resulted in a try. Um, 
he's someone who who's really took his chance. You look at other players like um, who we got here. To be fair, do you know what, Dan? I think Reese Kennedy, he got a bit of stick. I saw I had to come off Twitter at, uh, at the weekend because someone compared him to Dane Tills. Um, and it was almost like, you know, I, I need a break from Twitter at the moment when I, when I saw that. Because when you look at his stats, uh, 14 carries. Um, Metres-wise, I think he was close to 100. Uh, he had an average gain of seven metres. He was doing all right. I think um, tackle bust, he had three. So, Reese Kennedy is someone who, who, who's doing very well. You've got Sam Luckley. Mighty Stoughton's now back fit for the for the uh, Warrington game. It's good to see a bit of competition, especially in the props. Oh, yeah. I mean, you say about Reese Kennedy, I can't believe anybody could compare anybody to Dane Tills. Jesus Christ, he's, he was some guy, wasn't he, Dane Tills? But um, I, I think the main thing we can't do after this is overreact and start calling out players like Reese Kennedy, who he might not have had a particularly good game. So what? He played well against Wigan in his first game up until the injury. He goes again on Friday night against Wyatt, doesn't he? We, it's it's part of the game. Like you said, health, the healthy thing that we've got is competition for spots in the squad. We've got people that can slot straight in and it's not like we're slotting in Probably a bad example because Fishwick came out and set the world alight last year, didn't he? he was really good. Uh, but you're not just slotting in an academy product that's never played Super League before at the minute. We're, we're playing players like Sam Luckley, who probably isn't in the first choice before the season for starting props. But he's not a bad option to have, is he? He's, well, he's another one like Bachelor, Dan, where he said about if you, you look at the opposition view, Salford, I didn't see any Salford fan going, yeah, I'm glad he's going. Yeah. Most Salford fan, well, I'd say every Salford fan, any reaction I saw on social media was, and even when we had uh, Paul on uh, the other week before we played Salford, um, I'm gutted that he's gone, you know, a promising player, I'd like to see more from him. When he does play, he gives us everything he's got. So he's another one who, who, who you've, you've took him from a team who probably would rather keep him <laughs> And especially when you see now someone like Partington injured and, and he's going to be out for a few, uh, a good few months. But luckily, there's another one where you think, yeah, we, we've almost stolen from from someone who actually wanted him. Yeah, well, he's he's quite a, an odd one, isn't he? Luckily, he's, is it Walls End Eagles or something he was playing yeah. for? And he got spotted. Was it Newcastle Thunder then picked him up? And he's not the sort of gone down the typical route of coming through. Bradford's Academy or whatever, is he? Or, you know, it's, it's good find. He's, he's solid, he's consistent, and every time he takes that ball and he ain't turning turning his back on it, is he? He's, he's taking it in full pelt. And, yeah, like you say, he's a brilliant find. And for somebody that originally wasn't probably part of the starting 18, he's, he's, he's what we're after in the sense that we're looking for this strength in depth. But then we've got somebody that's come in and he's gone, right, this spot's mine now. And it's going to be very hard to take it off him based on his past two performances. Yeah. And we'll come on to that, Dan, when we talk about the squad for Warrington. Uh, Craig Esker, he thinks luckily was the best forward for us on Friday. Um, for me, one of the pleased aspects, I know it was a defeat, but one of the most pleased aspects was seeing Michael Lewis in flu, uh, full flow going over for his for his try in the 13th minute. Um 
we just love to see him getting the ball in open space, don't we? Because when he does get the ball and he's running at people, you know, he, he he's majestic. He, he's, he's almost unstoppable at times. And um, one of the criticisms that I've had for Rovers, although we've had two victories and, and obviously now defeat, is that we've not really utilised that right edge, have we, in, in an attacking uh, position. But when Lewis gets the ball, he makes things happen. So... Do you think now that Abdul is injured and we're going to obviously see another half-back partnership coming in, that maybe Lewis might come to his fore when we do play Warrington? Yeah, I think well, I think the obvious choice is Rowan Milnes and that he's going to be <coughs> starting at the on, on Friday night. With Lewis, I think last season, with Abdul obviously missing most of this season, he was, everything was going through Mikey Lewis. And I think it's, it's difficult, and how old is he now? Is he 20, 21? Everything was going through him, and he was the star man, and it, it's, it's a lot to put on him, isn't it? Abdul, having him in the squad, it it takes a lot of the pressure off him. The kicking game is all on Abdul, isn't it? He's excellent kicking game, and it just gives Mikey Lewis a bit more breathing room to develop. But that is me worry now that Milnes is another young lad, isn't he? He's not He's not very old himself, so I think Lewis is going to have to take charge again, isn't he? Um, but we did have a few good performances last season where they were playing in the halves together. So, but oh, yeah, we, he, I don't want to say he's been restricted by Abdul. That's probably not the right, right way of putting it. But he hasn't had the the focal point. He, he the limelight hasn't all been on him, so he's been able to do probably some of the grind. Like his his defense is excellent for a little lad like him. Yeah. One player who definitely won't be playing against Warrington, Dan, is uh, our captain, our leader, uh, Sean Kenny Dowell, um, against Lee. He made 14 carries. He, he did 118 metres. He had an average gain of eight metres. He had five tackle busts, um, three offloads. Um, unfortunately, he also seemed to uh, pick up a player who was allegedly injured, uh, picked him up off the ground. Um, and as a result, he got a Grady charge. And as a result of that charge, he was found guilty. And now he's copped a four-game ban. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Dan? Well, don't want to go too far into my particular thoughts on it. But um, you can't do it, can you? Even if Reynolds is throwing himself around like a footballer, he can't. You can't do it, and you, the the annoying thing for me is that match review panel will have watched that clip that Phil <coughs> posted on Twitter. It'll be that sort of length of clip. They won't see the whole game, whereas and it, it annoys me. Players refusing to play the ball, standing up, throwing their arms up in the air, give me a penalty. We've had that all game. So when he goes down like that, and Kenny Douglas, get up, soft lad, then it's. I think it's more frustration. At, he, he knows he's not injured. There's probably been words exchanged. Unless they, they've got a microphone there. Reynolds has probably said something to Kenny Dowell or either way around. They, they know he's not injured. Players, if, if if he was seriously injured, I'm sure Kenny Dowell would have been the first one to be, whoa, 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 physio, stop the game, ref. Which was highlighted down by the fact that the Tuckies... Uh, good disciplinary record into account when they issued the ban 
still killing you know, the four and, and games, it, which is madness. Yeah, it's a point I made about, hang on, Sean Kenny Dowell's not the type of player who, who's, you know, since he's been at Rovers, he's been an absolute gentleman, exemplary captain. He, he leads from the front. Um, whenever he's spoken at, you know, any event, he, he, he's, he's first class. He's not the type of player who's malicious and he's not going to do something like pick up a player with aggression because he's ang- he's not going to do it. Ben Roberts, um, sorry, Roberts, he obviously was trying to milk, for me, my opinion, he was trying to milk a penalty there. He was trying to get something yeah. out of it. Kenny Dowell's reacted to that. The fact he then gets up and plays the ball highlights the fact he's not injured. The referee makes no call. No. And that doesn't seem to be taken into account. It just seems to be the action that Sean Kenny Dowell did. And the fact that he he would have actually copped a longer ban. Say he'd been sent off twice last season, he would have copped a longer ban on the on on that basis. So for me, I, I just I didn't even see enough in it for I get the rule on the on the back of what happened to Mossy Masai and, and we've seen it where players have been lifted up and they have been injured, but there just doesn't seem to be any context in what happened there, especially when I've I've put the uh, uh, on social media the uh, the Catalan and Lee Leopards game where uh, one of the the Lee players was um, literally dragged up from his his uh, from his chair after he'd got a high hit. Um, the referee gives a penalty against uh, to Lee, um, no action taken, and that was a player who had actually just had his head took off. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm looking for a Rovers tinted spectacles. I get that. But it, I genuinely think if I saw this same incident of care with an opposition player, I'd probably still have the same view. And I think it's a nonsense that our captain now is going to be missing for four games. I, I, I just think it's the length of the bands they dish out for that. If you compare it to other incidents, you just think... It, do you know, if Reynolds had stood up to play the ball and Kenny Dell had smacked him across the chops, it'd have got a lesser ban. Yeah. Then yeah, totally agree. You know, yeah. It's 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 not it's just how it's it's not comparable to other I know there's a risk of injury if somebody's seriously injured, but I think four games is ridiculous. I think it you watch after the first couple of rounds, the disciplinary, you read the charges and whatnot. It just seemed like there was a bit of common sense now. All they wanted to do was dish out £250 fine. They're obviously having a good Christmas party because that's all they wanted to dish out, the fines. And it was like, yeah, he, he, this last season he'd have got a three-game ban for a bit of a shoulder charge or off-the-ball incident. Now it's just a slap on the wrist, you know, don't do it again, £250 fine. You're getting the best players out there, like the Kenny Dells of the world, that people are paying the money to go watch. You're getting them back out on the pitch because you're sort of going, yeah, it's rugby league at the end of the day. If he's tackled somebody a bit high, a penalty sufficient or a yellow card sufficient. But now the, this just seems to be a backward step for me. And like you say, it's Rovers tinted glasses. But if if it had been the other way around, if it had been Reynolds on Kenny Dowell and it had got a four or five game ban, we'd probably be laughing about it. But would we say it's it's the right call? We wouldn't, would we? Would we're not? Even if it was one of the LFC player that had been charged, we wouldn't be, we'd be laughing about it, but we wouldn't be saying that was right. That is dis- disgusting. He deserves a ban. And and what makes it worse in the context of the game is, of course, when we saw Dagger get green carded 
uh, to offer two minutes. Um, and then we've seen the subsequent ban that the player who made the tackle on Dagger has got. And yet, at the game, at the time, it's Rovers who were penalised by having yeah. to, to have Dagger taken off because the referee thought he was either feigning injury or he wasn't seriously injured enough. And and you and these are the things where you sort of left scratching your head out you about where the game's at. And, and a lot of it is about protection of players. I get it. Um, but the interpretation and the the application of some of the, the rules that are, are here just seems to be so off in so many different games. I think that green card rule is a bit ridiculous. It should be applied with a bit of common sense. I think, no, if you saw a bit of Twitter conversation with former referee Ian Smith, he, he tagged in that post and he basically said he's, he's got the decision wrong. And it, I don't think Liam Moore will go back to the sheds and the, whoever reviews it, or it began to, and that I'll give him a pat on the back and say, well done, You, it's, it's what it is. I think he will be told you've got that one. That's a That's a bad one. Liam, but it's just how, like you say, we was penalised for it. It's, it's clear that he was walloped. You've got the you've got the match commissioner watching the game. You've got two linesmen, one linesman that was more or less on top of it, and the referee. How has nobody seen him get levelled? And at the time, it was 12-all. We're not playing for time. The, that green card rule was brought in to stop people from, for, you know, feigning injury playing for time. Well, at that point, we're not playing for time. So what is the purpose of the green card? Yeah. If, if he's not going to give a penalty, that's he's got it wrong. Fair enough. It's a mistake. We all make mistakes. But Dagger's gone and got back in the line, ready to, you know, you know, back at fullback. And he's, gone, he's made the, the effort to go over there and go, no, that's, you've been silly. There's your green card. Go sit down for two minutes. And it was funny as well, Dan, because... Once Will Dagger went off, he didn't sit down once. He just stood on the touchline. Yeah, he was almost yeah. raring to go to get back on. Um, yeah, it was. It was just. Um, yeah, and and I do think sometimes, though, Dan, I don't know about you, when the game's not on TV, it feels like a different game. The the way it's officiated, the refereeing, the calls that are different. It just seems like a different game. And and we saw what was it two years ago that Sky said that every game was going to be. Uh, there's going to be a match, uh, there's going to be a, a video referee at every game. That never materialised, but I do think we're at a point now where to in, ensure consistency in decision-making and making sure it's a level playing for all teams, a video referee must be at all, whether it's televised or not, a video referee must be at all games because I just think it, it the, the, the standard of refereeing and the, and the calls that are made are different when, uh, and you see it when tries are scored, when a, a, a when the game's on TV and when the game's not on TV, it's a different game. No, hundred percent. I mean, I know the NRL's it's miles apart in terms of money, but I watch more or less every NRL game on a weekend, and it's, they've got a video for every game. It's a level playing field. Friday night want a level playing field in comparison to the Sky game. Yeah, I know we we'll go back to Charnley if it was a try or not. We'd know. And if you had a video ref at every game, you're not going to get all the angles you do with Sky. All you need is a you, the game's been filmed. You can use that that footage from above. You'd have clearly seen Dagger being taken out in that instance. You'd have got a, a decision there. But if you, even if you had a camera behind every goal, behind both both ends, behind each post, you, you're gonna 
you're going to cut out some mistakes, aren't you? Some referee mistakes, which in turn takes the discussion away from the referee. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to be sat talking about a referee. We want to be talking about rugby, don't we? And I just think it's something so simple that wouldn't be that cost prohibitive. And we just it's it's another rugby league on goal, isn't it? It is. Um, obviously, we suffered the loss of Sean Kane Dowell as a result of that game. Another player who's going to be missing uh, is Kane Lynette. Um, he got one point in the Man of Steel points. For a lot of people, he was actually their man of the match uh, when I looked at and canvassed opinion. Uh, Kane Lynette, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's been fantastic already this season. Um, unofficially, I heard he could probably be out for the season. Um, although he's been given a month, um, it's an injury that could be a lot longer. So fingers crossed, it is only a month. Um, but Kane Lynette is going to be a big miss, isn't he, for the, at least for the next few weeks, and hopefully not much longer. Oh, it's, it's a massive loss whenever he's not in the team. He's it's one of them signings that I put him up there with a, a Clint Newton of imports from Australia. You know, it's in terms of standard and consistency that he provides. I mean, going back to the strength and depth, it's not a bad second row still to have, is it? Bachelor and uh, Holland, which is not too bad, but he, just a massive loss, isn't it, Kane Lynette? He's just consistent. You never... I'd, I, you struggle to find a bad game that he's had. And hope, I hope it is just a month because we need him back as soon as possible, though we need that full strength squad out on the on the field it's it's just infuriating isn't it and you, you sort of look we've got all this strength in depth and we're just picking up injuries already I know we're not the only team to pick up injuries but it's just you sort of think everything was going right until Friday wasn't it <laughs> that's Rover's way that's how yeah, we exactly. you know the build your hopes up and then go boom 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 and it's not just one not back is it it's a, it's two three four at the same time, but like you said, squad depth is very good. There's lots of able replacements. I mean, we haven't even mentioned there about Louis Johnson. If you look at the Rover squad news that was announced today ahead of uh, our, uh, the Warrington Wolves fixture on Friday night, uh, obviously, we've already mentioned Kayla Nett's out. Dan, another player who's out is Jordan Abdul, and he's the only player in Super League to get maximum points in Man of Steel, um, point scoring. He's been uh, sensational with a kicking boot. He's um, scored a good few tries as well. He's going to be a huge missing E for, for the game on Friday night. Yeah, well, hopefully it's not a long injury and he can uh, just let the other lads play catch-up in the Man of Steel, giving him a chance. Um, you can't look past putting sliding Rowan Milnes in into that slot, can you? <clears throat> I mean... I think Willie Pete has mentioned that Dagger can play there, but I'd sooner have somebody that's it's their natural position slotting in. You don't want to start experimenting, do you? Especially against Warrington, who are, they are the Warrington of last year, are they? They seem to be, they've got their act together and got everything sorted in that respect, haven't they? Because they just they were poor last year, but this year they seem unstoppable at the minute, don't they? Yeah. Another play, uh, Dan. No reports of injury. Ethan Ryan. Not even not even in the squad. Um, I mean, maybe someone might come out later on, but on the face of it, you'd say he's been dropped because there's been no reports of injury. Um, we've already talked about 
some shortcomings in defence, rushing out from the line. Um, for me, he's a player who's improved season upon season and, and he's deserved his spot, his, his right-wing starting spot. Uh, but maybe Willie Peters decided to to wield the axe and when you got someone like Senior in backup, um, maybe it's time to give him a chance. Yeah, well, I, I think fair enough. If somebody is... is not performing, and he didn't. He, I'd, I'd say he's probably not. He's probably a scapegoat, isn't he, on Friday? But he was poor on Friday, and I, I do think that. Yeah, sit him, sit him down for a week. It's not the end of his Rovers career, is it? He's just sat down for a week or so. If senior comes in and he's and he doesn't perform, well, then Ethan Ryan's back in. It's nothing against Ethan Ryan. I think he's a tremendous player. I think even you look back towards the end of last season. I think he, he missed the whole game, didn't he? Or he got injured in the whole game. And we only had 16, didn't he? But it was yeah. amazing in that spell with Danny Maguire, who was one of the standout players. Which is probably why he's, he's, he had, he's got the, the the starting position on the wing. But we need that competition for places. And if he's had a poor game and you've got Lewis Senior sat there, that yeah, give him a game. Let's, let's see. Let's test the strength in depth. Yeah, uh, Kyle Ors is another one who's been named in the squad. Good news as well. Uh, Matty Stoughton's back from injury, as is Dean Hadley. Um, Lachlan Coote was named in the squad last week, but he didn't feature. He's named in the squad again. Um, Willie Peters has said that he's fit and he's ready to play. Um, on the back of missing out uh, of Lynette Abdul and Sean Kenny Dowell not playing, it's always a welcome addition, Lachlan Coote, isn't it, to, to have someone like that to come back into the side. Yeah, well, he just adds that to the back line, doesn't he? He's, he seems a bit soft at the minute, doesn't he? He seems to always get injured, but he's when he plays, he's, he makes a massive difference. It's just that under the high ball especially, you just know that there's not going to be a mistake. He's going to catch it, cut it in, and that's it. We're... we're confident and he's always following up looking for the offloads and that's another good feature of his game he's it's like having an extra man out wide as well you know you, you pass and get it out wide towards uh, Kenny Dowell and Ryan Hall he's, he just seems to slot in seamlessly there he just slides in it's like having another attacker on the pitch isn't it it just adds the numbers I mean I think he not not, not taking anything away from Will Dagger I mean, he's been a great servant to the club but it's a massive difference in it when Coop plays he, to to Will Dagger at full back. I think it, it's you can't compare them, can you? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, we've got Dennis from uh, the What Brian Bevan said podcast. He's he's rare and square. He's about to join us very shortly. But but Dan, you're going for Ruin Milnes at half back instead of Will Dagger. Is that right? Yep. That's what yeah, I'd go I, with. I, I totally agree. I think horses for courses. I think Ray Milnes, it's his position. We've seen Will Dagger play at uh, fullback. Um, I think that's probably his, his best position. For me, I think Milnes deserves the opportunity to slot into there. Obviously, we don't see what happens in training, but for me, I think Milnes is the one who's got a part, uh, partner, Lewis. I think he's uh, a good foil for Lewis. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how we line up on Friday night, but I fully expect Rowan Mills to be playing, as does Dan Craft. Uh, Dennis, it's great to have you on the podcast. Um, 
allegedly you've only got a face for podcasts. You've not got a face for for live streams. Um, but you, you look all right to me. So oh, that's very kind. Uh, I mean, everybody thought it was about seventy-eight the way that we talk on our podcast. So uh, it's quite a surprise to everyone when they realise I'm only thirty-nine. Well, that is a big surprise. Yeah. yeah what are you so. laughing at? What's, what's Dan <laughs> laughing at? He chuckled then when I said that. Listen, uh, the only question I've got is: it snowing? Is it snowing up there yet? Do you know what, mate? It has been snowing today a lot of times, but do you know what? As quick as it's come, it's gone. So Good. there's All no right. snow on the ground at and, the moment. And have you, have you phoned ahead and they've pumped up the orange ball? Because I'm, I'm I love a good orange ball game, mate. Well, we don't need to because I've seen on your uh, Twitter page you've, you're bringing your own out, yeah, just in case. That's right, just in case, just in case. Everyone loves a good orange ball, don't they? They do, they do. Two, two, two you better bring two just in case, though. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. But Dennis, thanks for joining us. Um, you do the what Brian Bevan podcast. Uh, what Brian Bevan said. You're having trouble, aren't you, Ajano? Because I've noticed you spelt my name wrong in the description on YouTube and you can't say, what would Brian Bevan say quick enough? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also you do the tackle bogs. I oh, know tackle bogs. Oh, well done. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like that. You, yes, very good. Yes, uh, I'm doing the tackle blog. I'm doing it now, tackle bogs blog. <laughs> I can't even I can't even pitch my own thing, and uh, yeah, we thought we'd put a bit of a spin on it this year that we'd um, do a vlog uh, of rugby league and going around to all the grounds, a bit of a de departure from the podcast and a bit more light-hearted and I suppose in a positive way, trying to paint uh, you know rugby league and, the, and looking at the crowds and each of the you know different destinations and doing it in a camper van. Uh, which is uh, going to be a challenge, especially when I saw the temperature this morning. Uh, that, that looks like it's going to be quite difficult. Yep. So, Dennis, you went to, before we talk about the Warrington game on Friday, you went to Cornwall. When was that? To, a couple of weeks ago last week? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, two weeks ago, I think, no less now. Um, yeah, I, I kept getting it wrong. I thought it was Rochdale Hornets and it was obviously Rochdale Mayfield and um, <laughs> met all the guys down there. Um, it was really good. Gareth Davis, their media guy, is uh, is such a professional and he wants everything to be right. He he really arranged it all for us and um, we, we had a great time. It was a really good atmosphere. It's a great place to go. And I think if you're on holiday in Cornwall, why wouldn't you go and watch a game of rugby league? Five pounds and the pasties are all absolutely superb. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's me being a bit patronising, but they, they get over, what, a, a thousand people at a game? So yeah, it's staggering, yeah. isn't it? Is it, it I mean, is. when you consider for the level of rugby league, what they're playing at, and the fact that you know there's no real heritage down there of rugby league that they're able to attract such big crowds. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think uh, they've they've obviously got you know quite a few people living down there with rugby union uh, background, and um, rugby union seems to be dying a death in in that part of the world. It's it's really on the decline, and they've they've managed to join up with the Penryn rugby club so they've got the rugby union there and I think they're attracting a lot of the rugby union crowd the people I spoke to um you know there's a good proportion of them from the rugby union background and I think you know again there's the, the still it's one of the way they sold it um and I think what's his name Eric Perez who is bought it or running it anyway one of his ambitions is is recognized that Cornwall as an area has similarities to the north in terms of it was, you know, a lot of mining. There's not really a lot of uh, industry as much now, but uh, not as much now. But, you know, the, the types of like social 
aspect of that area lends itself a bit like to the north and um you know so that people are really interested in it rugby uni hasn't got that much of a foothold and uh, you know so there's a big opportunity and yeah the average attendance i think was about 1030 for 2022 yeah i suppose the biggest selling point as well is that um can do free passes without having to then kick the ball as well. So they might actually see some attacking rugby. Yeah. Dennis, yeah. Warrington Wolves fan, uh, 2022 beat Leeds 22-20. You beat uh, Castleford 34 points to 10. You beat Toulouse 32 points to 18. Fast forward to 2023. Thank you for that. Opening game, uh, 42 points to 10. Victory over Leeds, uh, 26 points to 16 victory over Uddersfield. And then most recently, 36 points to 20 victory over Salford. Um, every time I hear the pundits, they say, yeah, but it's different this season. Tell me why it's different this season. We're, we're going to bring a song out. It's going to be titled <laughs> Balance. Uh, I, I, we're in the middle of recording it now um, because that seems to be the catchword or the, you know, the word that they're using a lot. Uh, in the start of the season and I'm not entirely sure what that balance is yet um, it, to us it seems like we've just solved the forward issue which was the big issue for 2022 and uh, we went completely overboard and, and bought the whole market of forwards that were available <laughs> and um, you know when you look at some of the stats and things that we've done in the first three games um, quite clearly you know we're just running behind a massive brick wall at the moment um, you know and I, I I was just looking at the uh, Paul Vaughan stats, which I have to say haven't quite made it onto the Betfred uh, Super League. Well, uh, how have you got these, Dennis? Because I'm pissed off. Because well, this Super League website, uh, much well, like a lot of things in rugby league, is not fit for purpose. Um, <laughs> never mind the, the, the f simple things of I literally a piece of paper and a pen writing down his <laughs> stats. I don't understand how they cannot get that on the website. I uh, know that's true, but we're fortunate that we've got Sam Sankey on our podcast, who's the stat man. And um, I quickly uh, messaged him earlier, and he he did, you know, he, he's got all his spreadsheets out and everything. And uh, so Vaughan, for instance, uh, seventy-five tackles so far, only one missed. Um, his tackle bus has got eight carries, uh, sixty meters made, five hundred and twenty, an average of eight point five so far. Offloads four with only one error. And, and for me, behind Williams, he's probably the standout man. And um, we had a bit of a wobble last week. And, you know, we we're obviously a bit of a wobble. We were way behind Salford. And it seemed to be in the second half that, you know, just went back to the basics behind that forward pack with Vaughan leading it. And, um, you know, it just made the whole difference. Yeah. And what was impressive about that uh, comeback against Salford is not only did you obviously go on to, to beat Salford after being 26 points, uh, 20 points to six down, at half time, is you actually restricted Salford to no points in the second half, and yeah. and, and that was a team who obviously you know had a good rollicking at half time, but man, managed to turn it round. But you know players like Paul Vaughan, you know he absolutely standout player. You mentioned George Williams, um, another one. Are they your biggest threats at the moment, or have you got a number of threats that we need to to be looking at? Well. Yes, they are, uh, quite clearly. I mean, the forward pack is, is going to look to dominate again. I mean, uh, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's working for us at the moment. Um, you can't stop Williams at the moment. He's just on fire. So he's obviously being able to, you know, do what he does best. I think with Drinkwater there, he's, I, I described him as like a bag of postcrete. And um, he's just like, you know, stuck in the middle of the park there. But, he, you know, everything's going through him while Williams is able to do his, his thing. 
Um, but if you want to look at opportunities for where Hull KR could maybe, you know, expose us, um, it, our right edge has been talked about uh, in terms of, you know, being a bit of a weakness this year. Now, I, I have heard you guys talk about it already, but, you know, uh, Sean Kenny Dowell missing for you guys would have been, I, I mean, I want to go, I want to see him play. I, I think that that incident that you've already talked about was a load of rubbish. It was like, you know, he, he slapped him across the face. So, you know, even if the referee or everybody else got it wrong on the game, looking back at the video, I think you can use a bit of common sense and say there's nothing really to be seen there. So it's a disappointment that he's not playing because I would have liked uh, that challenge of uh, Sean Kenny Dell on the, you know, on in either centres because, you know, our centres uh, are probably, uh, you know, it's been speculated a bit weak uh, this year and uh, it would have been nice to see, you know, that challenged a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, look at the centres, Greg Minikin. He didn't pull up any trees at Rovers, had a serious injury. He transferred mm. over to Warrington, uh, another serious injury. And obviously, um, it'd be interesting to get your take on Minikin because, like I said, he didn't pull, pull up many trees at Rovers. And is he is he, is he he the player that you expected? Is he the player that you want him to be? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, I don't want to sound too negative because it is early days, but, um, you know, there's been, I, I, I noted in one of the matches that when we did our anal analysis and, um, he, you know, he jumped out the line and, you know, they scored on the edge. Um, his tackling's a bit suspect. He's not really, he's not a centre that's going to light, you know, the world on fire at all. Excellent. Well, that's so... <laughs> Perfect timing for Sean Kenny Dowell to be injured then. Uh, sorry, well, I, I, know. I, know. I, th I think it's disappointing because, yeah. I mean, you guys have got a couple of key players out, haven't you, this week? And yeah. I think the test for you guys is, um, you know, how well coached they are as a team and people are able to step, make that step up and, and continue with, let's be fair, pretty good start to the season. Uh, you know, I watched the, your first game and I thought that was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, we saw um, squad announced earlier today. Matty Nicholson's back in the squad. I think Matty Russell as well. You, you've had Riley Dean recalled from Featherstone, although um, unless uh, there's a serious injuries, it looks like Riley Dean will go straight back to Featherstone. Don't like he'll play, but do you expect Mackie, Matty Nicholson to, to go into the squad on, on Friday night? Um, I, I don't know because, you know, he dislocated his shoulder. It was supposed to be for four weeks. I don't know whether this is just to sort you know, keep him close to the squad or not. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether he'll play. Um, I think we got away with it last week. We, I think we played P Peter Mitaus here in the, in the second row. And, um, you know, he did an half decent job, I think we thought. So maybe that'll, that'll be the, the way this week. Yeah. So, I mean, tremendous start to the season already, Dennis. Um, are you expecting four from four? Um, I, 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 you know what? I don't really like. Uh, I mean, I have predicted that we'll probably win by fourteen points. Sky Bet have got us with um, you guys having a ten-point start. I think, um, but you know what? It's a it's a tough trip over there. I mean, depends what time we set off in the coach, really. You know, because I think we set off at about half half past six last last time, didn't we? And I think that really, you know, that was a mess, wasn't it, last year? But I don't think, you know, I think there's always an opportunity to turn us over. Um, I think we saw a wobble against Salford last week. And you know what? When you think about the mental side of it as well, um, we won three games last season and everything was rosy. 
you know, mentally, we've got to get past it again. And if you guys uh, turn up and do one on us, then all of a sudden we're getting worried again. Yeah, Dan, I'm going to bring you in. It's it's not the first time we've faced Warrington with a, a bit of adversity over the last uh, couple of seasons, is it? And, and normally when we've had that adversity, we've come out on top. Um, yeah, we've got a few a few uh, injuries, suspensions, etc. But when you look at our squad and potential starting 13, it's still not a bad, uh, a bad line-up, is it, Dan? No, we're not in a bad place, really, are we? Um, like we were saying earlier, John, we can, we can, there's players like for like we can slot in and they are bad replacements, are they? They're not players we're dragging up from the local park. They are players that have got Super League experience. Road Milne's in for... Uh, Abdul, has played a good handful of Super League games. I think... My, my concern is the structure that Abdul brings to the team. And I think that's that's something that we need to make sure he's right on Friday night. Uh, Lewis, obviously a young halfback partnership there. You've got Lewis and Mills. I think that's something that we'll, we'll need to make sure. And I think that's, you'll, you'll get that with Parcel starting the game. I think he's the experienced director in the team around the pitch that we'll need. Yeah. Um, and the thing is for me, you know, you can have light for light players, swap, swap, swap. What you can't swap is partnerships. You can't swap understanding. Yeah. You can't just bring in a player and go, boom, you know, expect to know when the person next to you makes them runs, when he knows that you're going to offload it. When you're going for, to go for a tackle, is he going to come with you? You know, they're the things that you don't get when you just swap players. And that's my only worry on Friday night when you're coming up a well-drilled Warrington side and, you know, a, a, a team that, I've got players there that Daryl Powell wants and, and, and a better understanding, et cetera, et cetera. Are we going to come up short? Basically, not necessarily because we're playing a team with better players, but just they've got a better understanding and they've got them all well-drilled. It's going to be an intriguing encounter, Dennis. You're coming over to do uh, Tackle Bags, the, the, uh, your new uh, vlog. What are you most looking forward to coming to East Hall apart from the weather? Uh, I've got. I've been doing my research and I've been doing a long list. Uh, it's it's a place I've never really explored. Uh, Hull. I've been to. I only went to one match years ago, and I live obviously down south now. And um, I've got a. I've got a long list. I mean, the George Hotel in the land of green ginger. I have found out that 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 has claim to the smallest window in England. Um, so that's obviously. I've, I've got to go there now. So that'll be the first place. Um, but there's a few other places around Hull. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, it's part of the, um, what do you call it, culture uh, city, wasn't it, 2017? City culture, so, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm quite looking for, I'm making time to actually go around and have a look at Hull and uh, do some filming of that um, because um, there's some good things. I, I, I do like art, so I'm going to an art gallery. And I, I don't know whether to put it in the vlog or not because people are probably going to say, what the bloody hell is he doing in there? What's this got to do with rugby league? So, for that reason, I'll, I will be putting it in the vlog uh, for, for sure. Do you like graffiti art, Dennis? Yes. Yeah, you, oh, you'll see plenty of that in all. Don't worry about that. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. not commissioned by Banksy, then, is it? Because that's what it's like in Bristol. No, no, we've got Wanksy. Oh, right. Okay. I'll have to <laughs> keep my eye out for that then, won't I? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll bring a few of my own spray cans, <laughs> I'll fit right in. No, it's going to be fantastic. And Dennis, let people know where actually people can find the, the blog, and, and especially after Friday night, where, where people will be able to watch it. Yeah, 
Um, there's there's the T-shirt. Uh, you know, if you want to get a T-shirt, then um, you, they cost forty-seven pound, which is actually the price to get into a rugby union game. Um, you can find us uh, at Tackle Bags on YouTube, and um, usually we put it out on social media as well. Uh, but if you look for a rugby league vlog on YouTube, you should you should find us easy enough. I haven't got anything written down to be honest, Jono, at the moment. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, anybody who wants to sort of uh, contribute during the season, wants to come along and get interviewed and things like that, then uh, come and find me out, uh, and I'll uh, let people know where I am uh, any particular weekend. Uh, although I won't be telling them where I am in my camper van because uh, I don't want any knocking on the door at some ungodly hour. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of laybys you might not want to park up in. Oh uh, right, especially when you get close to holes. So I'll, you you, you I'll will message me, won't you? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but no Dennis it's it's been a pleasure um, make sure you check out Craven Street when you come to, to Craven Park um, I'm sure you'll see receive a warm welcome it's a, a real good addition to Craven Park and um, all Warrington fans are welcome so it's going to be a, a really interesting night on Friday and, and hopefully you have a great night uh, not too much of a great night though and you, and you don't come away with the two points yeah looking forward to it and thanks for having us on anyway as well thanks Dan thanks Jono Cheers. No worries, Dennis. Catch up soon, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Yeah, when you look at the squads, Dan, I mean, Warrington, they're on great form, aren't they? They've got some real standout players. George Williams, I mean, fresh from a, a fantastic World Cup with England. And, you know, on paper, it looks like they've got a fantastic squad. But like we've said, we've seen Warrington before when they've been on top, when they're supposed to put the put the uh, victory against Rovers. We've seen it before and, and Rovers have managed to come up with a result and um, what I'd love is uh, a, a repeat of when Warrington came to our place at the start of last season. They turned up late and we we put them to the sword within the first 10 minutes and that was pretty much game over. Yeah, last season, I think with the end of season review podcast we did, I've, I'd name that as my favourite game of the season. I thought it was brilliant. We blew them away, didn't we? It was... Yeah. 20 points up within a quarter of an hour. Excellent. Um, they're different kettle of fish to last year, aren't they? I think they've kept quite a bit of the bulk of the squad. And you sort of look at George Williams. He came back from Canberra, didn't he? And he was an absolute waste of space last year. Their fans were getting on his back. And he's, he's gone away at a really good World Cup. And he's he's come back and he's he's hit form, and he, for Warrington. And he's when he's in form, he's arguably one of the best in the league, isn't he? Um, and go back to what Dennis said, Paul Vaughan. He was, was going to say earlier about fans on Twitter. Canterbury fans were exactly sad to see Paul Vaughan be going. It was, it was, it was, they didn't really rate him. I, I thought it was a bit of a weird signing, based on what they've had previously with Aussie imports, where they just turn up and they're here to to go down the pub. It's just an holiday from. But he's been exceptional. And he's one to watch this season for us, and uh, well, especially on Friday night. Sorry, he's one to keep an eye on. We we just got to play what's in front of us, and not the the team on paper, haven't we? That's that's the main thing on Friday. Not be looking at the squad, going, "Oh, that's George Williams." We need to. We we just need to play what's in front of us and play our own game, and hopefully that's enough to see us edge it. We're not going to run away with it like last season, are we? We 
we know that it's it's going to be if we're going to win it, it's going to be a close game. I think what we need to get into is what I said earlier about with well Lee got into us. We they score, we score. If, if it's going to be like that, I think we can keep hold of them and maybe nick it. Yeah, and it is definitely going to be a big battle in the middle. Uh, you know, the mantra from Willie Peters is that at the moment, don't worry about the opposition. We'll do our job, and and if that's um, that's good enough, we'll get the victory. Um, yeah. But the more you worry about the opposition, I suppose the more you can tie yourself in knots. Exactly. Yeah, we we don't want to be sort of thinking about them and getting overawed by them. End of the day, though, it's it's just another team, isn't it? It's, nobody's really. And it leads beat them, but nobody's on power. St. Ellen's for me, and on form, St. Ellen's, and anybody else is there for the taking in this league. Exactly. And some other news come out of the club. Uh, the women's side got off to a, a good start last Sunday against Outland Raidettes. They beat, beat them 32 points to 10. They take on Wakefield on Sunday at Craven Park, 2 pm kickoff. And the Academy are in action for the first time when they take on the Warrington Wolves on the Saturday. 1pm kickoff, also at Craven Park. It's been another jam-packed episode of the Red Robin Podcast Weekly. A huge thanks to Dan for joining us for this week's episode. Of course, we are powered by Budget Size Auto Centre and 360 Chartered Accountants. But for now, just please remember, live, love, laugh and be happy. (laughs) 